Welcome to the Global, Watch, to the Global Prayer Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining Thank us. You for joining as we build community and community to empower the church, empower the church. From, from local expressions to global connections. To global connections. For more information, for more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. <clears throat> All right, everybody. We want to welcome you. Everybody's looking good, no matter what time of day it is, morning, afternoon, or evening. We want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is November 6th, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this hour that we're on is the journey. It's our weekly discipleship time. We are in the process of going through the book, The Bait of Satan, written by John Bevere which talks all about offense and how to deal with it. And we're reading this, we're going through this book, which was written several decades ago, mainly because the truths are timeless in this book, and it's well worth the investment to go through it. So today we are focusing on chapters four and five. And so let us have Michael, Nat, maybe you could open us up in prayer. And then we'll get right into it. Lord, we thank you for this time uh, to be together. We commit this time to you. Uh, we thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives light. Uh, pray, oh God, that you would uh, bring to light any areas of darkness, Lord. Uh, thank you for your love that draws us. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Michael. All right. <clears throat> so Susan and I each read through the chapters and we had some similarities and things that, that stuck out to us, but they're a little bit different. Susan, why don't we start with you and you can tell us what you wanted to focus on based on what the Lord was showing to you. And then I'll get into my part. I thought both chapters are so uh, familiar. There's familiar stories that we know about or have experienced ourselves. And that's what I like about this book. And I first want to front up this by saying the not to draw attention to it. I don't want us talking about it too much in the chats. I, I understand people are working through their processes uh, with IHOP, but I believe this is a global lesson, all of us. God's calling attention to how are we to handle offenses because um, in the end times, it'll be a betrayal culture. And we can hang on to our own self-rights and be very self-righteous, but be very wrong spiritually. And he outlines this in these two chapters where people church hop because they, they start falling out of disfavor and they start finding fault with the leadership and then they go on to the next one. But really, the, the where maturity happens is when you stay in your place and you love the people and God deals with your own heart. And it's interesting that when you do that, when you allow yourself to go through these very difficult places um, and your heart begins to burn in you uh, and you stand for what is right and good uh, with your relationship with God first and then with others, that's where authority comes. It comes through the cross. <laughs> it doesn't come from demanding your rights. It comes from obeying what God says. And I, there's a couple of sentences in this 
these tips, actually quite a few of them, but the ones that are key for me are, let's see. I don't have the page on this, but he says in chapter four, I'll just one, one phrase, Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 says that sowing discord or separation among brethren is an abomination to the Lord. When we repeat something with the intention of separating or damaging relationships or reputation, even though it is true, it is still an affront to God. And how can I say that? Is when we feel like we have to talk with somebody about the offense that we're carrying. Yes, there's times for discernment, but when it's you're saying it because it makes you feel better, that's an affront to God and it doesn't help you spiritually. And the reality for me is, and we've talked about this a little bit, Fred, you may take it a little bit further. Um, the role of the watchman today is just starting to get understood. I believe that the prayer movement is beginning to move into the watchman movement. There's a difference between intercession and being watchmen. And one of the things is that the watchmen know how to stand their stand. And they also know how to watch over their watch <laughs> and say the right thing uh, publicly and not to spew out what they think. And please don't take offense. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm talking about the learning process <laughs> that I've been through. And it's a different stance, but it's a very important stance now because it is, I believe, a governmental stance in intercession and prayer. It's just something that I, I'm not looking for a position or anything, but honestly, when we speak, things begin to happen and God begins to move. And so it's a very, I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth. Am I doing that? Just keep going. Okay. I'll, I'll, try, <laughs> anyway. I'll try to take it out if you put your foot in too far. <laughs> I, I don't want people to think she's thinking too much of herself. I'm not. I, I'm really saying it is very important. If you're in a hard situation, just keep your mouth shut and let your heart burn hot within you. Uh, the Psalms talk about that, how David had let his heart burn hot within him. He wanted to speak, but he could not speak. Get control of yourself. Shut your mouth. Before you speak something, just think about how people are going to receive it. Not in the fear of man, but understand that the enemy wants to separate us like big time. And he wants us to try to find people that agree with us so we can even increase that uh, disagreement and separation that is not what we want to see happen in the watch matthew 18 look at our core values this week with all this stuff going on with ihop look at our core values matthew 18 is in that matthew 18 protocol when you have an offense with somebody you go to them directly i'd rather hear from you than 10 years on down the line somebody tells me something they said and what what has happened and a whole spew a whole stew of offense has built up and this so this is a process we should all examine in our hearts if there's an offense there get to that person and talk to them personally if they don't listen then go to somebody else and say this is the situation what should i do 
and you bring them together and you try to work it out. And I honestly, I think 99% of the, the offenses out there can be dealt with rather than seeding and causing a deep root of bitterness grow. Like Romans 12, Hebrews 12, I think it's 15 to 17 talks about. That's the problem with roots of bitterness. They grow and many are defiled. Then the second chapter, chapter five, I'll just say one thing on that. And this really hit home. Offended Christians also cut off their own ability to produce fruit. It's impossible to go through life without being offended. If you're offended, don't take it, don't take it as a pointing. I think some of the hardest things is to just forgive yourself when you goof up. Uh, forgive yourself, but also if there's something towards somebody else, go talk with them. And I, we want to create a culture that is trustworthy. And believe me, if we take this to our churches and emanate that kind of a culture, it will grow and it, it will impact your local churches or your local community of believers. That's all I have to say, Fred. Okay, that's great, dear. So let me just go through my stuff and then we'll get into uh, breakout sessions and then we can hear from everybody. On this chapter four, my father, Bevere, John Bevere says, um, in this chapter, I want to deal with a situation more painful than a betrayal by a brother. It's one thing to experience rejection and malice from a brother, but it's entirely different to experience rejection and malice from a father. And, and he's talking about spiritual fathers and spiritual leaders who are people who are over us. And I think that's really true. Our expectations are different. And we're, I think, in many ways, a lot more sensitive to, to spiritual fathers or leaders. And a couple, few pages later, he says um, that there's a cry for, um, more from young people he's talking about, but it's from everybody, really, a cry for spiritual fathers. And I'm including, it's not just men, it's also women, spiritual mothers as well. I've seen this cry in countless men and women in the body of Christ. Many of them are young and with a strong call of God in their lives. They cry out for a father, a man to disciple, love, support, and encourage them. And <clears throat> this really touched me because it's in, I'm blocking on the verse now, but in the Bible, in the New Testament, it says you have 10,000 leaders, but not many fathers. And the truth of the matter is, is that we're all, we're designed so that we need a spiritual father who is going to disciple, love, support, and encourage us, and not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. And this is a, a, a serious need in the body of Christ, because when you don't have that, then it's a lot more difficult to be affirmed and to be encouraged and to be confident in who you are and where you're going. And, and if there was ever a time when spiritual fathers are needed, it's now. And especially when we see so many, particularly young people coming up and in their natural lives, they come from broken families and their fathers are absent or they, maybe they don't even know who their fathers are. So this, um, this chapter particularly hit me in that area. And 
for those of you that may not have gotten to this chapter yet, it's he's using the example of David and Saul and that da that David was looking for Saul to be a father to him, be a spiritual father. And Saul got jealous and then was out to kill him. And David was very, he was very difficult for him to deal with that. <clears throat> Fred, you know what? There's another aspect to this, uh, David uh -huh. wanting a father. Because when Samuel came to find the king at Jesse's home, he went through all the brothers and nobody, nobody was the right one. And he said, do you have another one? And, oh yeah, David, he's out in the backyard, back field watching the sheep. Right. And so he, as some people feel like he was like, um, not really part of the family. He was maybe a son of somebody else. I'm not saying right. That. So there was serious lack of recognition. Yeah. So he was coming from a, a, probably a place of very much could he could have been very feel, feel very rejected and need a very, he needed a father. Yeah, for sure. So that's so what was going on in chapter four is somewhat related to what I felt were highlights in chapter five, which is this is how spiritual vagabonds are born. And he is talking a lot. The stuff that really caught my attention was that God says in um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. I'm not sure that necessarily refers to the church that you're in, but but that's the way that's the way that that John Bevere took it. And he was saying that it's not necessarily our choice the church that we're in but it's god's choice and so he's he really he gets into that in a way that is is a little bit it really i think pricks our sensitivities and he says this uh on page 50 many people go from church to church ministry team to ministry team trying to develop their ministry if god puts them in a place where they are not recognized and encouraged they are easily offended. If they don't agree with the way something is done, they are offended and go. Then they leave blaming the leadership. And this is, I think that we, I think this speaks to a lot of us. And let me just say this, that uh, it took us, Susan and me, it took us a long time because we felt that we were, the church that we're in now, we felt that God had called us not only to the city that we were in, but specifically to that church. But after we had been there for a while, we felt, wow, this, I don't know, this really isn't ministering to me. I'm not getting out of it. I'm not getting fed maybe the way I need to get fed. And, and we would, we got very frustrated and it didn't dawn on us until years later that God didn't put us in that church so that the pastor and the other church members could meet our needs. That that was not why he put us there. That's maybe what you expect when you're, you know, when you're a new Christian or you're first in a place. But in fact, God called us to the church in part to minister to the people there, to minister to the pastor, to pray for them, to encourage them, to help them, to help the people and the church to be everything that God called it to be. And now here's the key, is that as watchmen in particular, 
it's we're in a we're in a very unique position because we are forerunners in the church and this is the way that god created us we're forerunners we're seeing things before they happen we're sensitive to the lord to the holy spirit and by definition if you're a forerunner the rest of the body or or most of the body doesn't really they're not there yet and so they don't see the things that you see so when you go into a church and you're expecting them to affirm you in your calling that is almost an impossible task for most pastors because they're just not they're not necessarily forerunners and that's not what they were called to do and so it's all the more important that we um that we find a group that is it may be a part of our church it may not be part of our church but we find a group where we have like-minded people who can understand us and can affirm us and it doesn't necessarily have to be a spiritual father or mother it could be uh, a group like i think the global watch is one of these groups where we're recognizing people that have that are like-minded and have similar callings and can understand that we don't have to explain ourselves necessarily to each other what we were called to do. And if we can do that, if we can find, and this is for everybody, if we can find that group, or maybe it's a couple of different groups, then we're not going to put undue expectations on the church where God has planted us and then get really just frustrated. But we're saying, okay, we're not, we're not here to be fed. We're here actually to feed and encourage and pray for others. So I don't know. I hope that makes sense to people. I just know that for Susan and me, this was a, this really, it made a huge difference when we realized this and where now we go to church and we're, we are happy to be there where we definitely have a place. We are actually recognized more than we've ever been, but nevertheless, they st still don't, people in church still don't really fully get what a watchman is, but nevertheless, we have the ability and the, a great, the grace to pray for people, to minister to them, to encourage them. And it's, and you get, when you're doing that, when you're ministering to people, it's very, it can be very satisfying. And uh, so that's where we're at now. So Susan, do you have anything you, anything else that you want to add? Those were the kind of the things that I wanted to, points I wanted to emphasize. No, I just think that they, these issues that he covers, we all have to face with them. Don't feel like you're alone out there nursing some difficulties with uh, within the body of Christ. It's there, but the beauty of this is the more we learn how to handle this in a biblical way, the stronger we'll be, and we will need to be stronger. Yeah, and I think, I'm not saying this out, out of a critical spirit, because yeah. we're, we're, Susan and I have been through this we've we've spent years trying to reconcile this going through this and we're, we're finally coming out on the other end but it's very easy to be offended in the church and especially when you don't feel like you're recognized you don't feel like your needs are being met and so it's not an uncommon thing at all and i think it's if you're prophetic and if you're a watchman it's particularly difficult to navigate those waters but God, nevertheless, God wants us to, to navigate them. And he, and if we are able to do that successfully, we will come out stronger and with more authority and with more confidence on the other end. So here is the breakout session question. It's related to this. It's not exactly the same thing, but we can, we think we can have a good discussion over it. And it's this, uh, 
here's the question. How is God using you to serve others in your church? Simple question. And we can talk about that. And maybe he is, maybe he's not. Maybe you, not nothing that you really thought of. You weren't thinking of that. But it's just something that we need to, we need to talk about. Maybe some of you are not actually in a church right now. And so we need to talk about that. But this is a question that will, I think, open these things up. Susan, why don't you, we're actually doing pretty well for time. I think we can have. I, I think that th this is a hot topic. And so we'll come back at quarter two. Why don't we come back at, why don't we come back at, at 22? That'll still okay. give us about 20 minutes. And then we'll okay. have time for it to, to have the groups, the group leaders give high points. So here's your task. Here's the questions in the in the chat. Remember what group you're in and pick a leader. Pick somebody, pick a spokesman early on so that you're not, not wondering who's gonna who's gonna do it. Okay. And and if you're really brave, you'll volunteer to be the spokesperson. All right. And Fred, just a caveat to your question. If you're not able to serve, what's preventing you from serving? Oh, that's good. Okay. Good. Good point. Okay. All right. Take us into the cyberspace, into the breakout rooms, my dear. Okay. Happy landing, everyone. So we had an amazing group. I don't want to tell you how amazing it was because you might get jealous. So we'll we'll just we'll, we'll hold back on the comments. Well, Fred, I'm I'm noticing that everybody is smiling. Somebody else did too. Thank you for. Okay. Comments. All right. Okay. <laughs> so it must not have been too painful. <laughs> All right. So let us start with group one. All right. Group one, the best group, Fred. Thank you. Appreciate the comments. Um, oh, we're but, not uh, offended. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was interesting? I had five other ladies with me and I found, I found, I found mediators. I found ladies with hearts that strive to be encouragers and some people that maybe didn't see the role as really being that important, but the persons that were behind the scenes to help clean toilets, to help clean up the church and be just a helper in the church. I found some ladies that desire to just be good uh, mediators, good listeners, connectors, and, uh -huh. and trying to encourage the broken people in the church to be there for the broken and be open to help them through their times. And healing ministries, so I'll leave it at that. What's interesting, I didn't see any titles, <laughs> which I think is beautiful because God's using the heart just for where they are without titles. So that's yeah. what I saw. And, and one of them got a challenge to be a, start in a prayer ministry and start being more focused for the, the body as a prayer warrior. I think her name was Hillary. I'm not sure. I can't remember her name for sure. But anyway, the, how to get her to be more interceding. So anyway, we'll leave it at that, Fred. Okay, if it's the Hillary that I know, I'm not at all surprised. Okay, so let us go. That's great, Bob. Thank you so much. Let's go on to group two, spokesperson. Okay, that's us. And I just want to tag on to that. It was, again, not about ministries, not about titles, but really caring for others, even in the midst of not being cared for. And one, one person brought out, really, the essence was to serve, to coming to serve and not to be served. Um, I added on to reach out and not wait to be reached out to. Those are ways of, and you find that most everyone was 
Uh, one is again, not losing sight of why you're together and that uh, of the people around you too. Another just prayed for people, the pastoral care, the very group in which she was hanging in there amidst all the struggle. Here she wasn't getting pastoral care, walked through cancer, nobody even contacted. It was she's involved in pastoral care. And I thought how ironic that the very thing she didn't receive, she stepped beyond that and yeah. gave it out because she realized um, others weren't getting that. So another was saying it's really the place she serves is going to that place of worship is not just about the singing and all that. It's a lifestyle of pouring out like Mary. And so you found that pouring out in reaching out in caring about others. And I guess that's basically it. And sorry, anybody, if I missed a, a nugget. No, that's great, Lynette. Thank you so much. All right. So we were, so our group was group three and we had a, it was, it was great discussion. It was very intense. And I think everybody that shared was in uh, some phase of transition, either leaving the church that they were in, or they're in a new place, or they haven't gone to a new place yet. But it, but the thing that that really came up, which is very important, is that sometimes the church that you were planted in isn't the place for you to be. That sometimes it's a you can be in a very abusive situation and very oppressive, and it's just not. It's very unhealthy for you to stay there. So in that sense, in that sense, I think that the book was not didn't really address those kinds of issues. And, but they were certainly came up in our group. And it's really important that we, it's one thing if a church is not perfect, it's another thing if it's really, if it's really uh, abusive and personally abusive. And so then you have to make um, healthy decisions to change. And in the cases of the people that were there, they were either had made healthy choices or they were on the road to making healthy choices. So that's really important. It's this is a hot topic, so I'm really glad that we're discussing this. So that was our group. Let's go on to group four spokesperson. It's me, Fred, and I'm going to have trouble summarizing because I was so busy writing down about three pages worth of what people were saying. It's all good. But what I'll say is um, one person was in this very small church where she first found Christ. And then she went to a bigger church and then God told her to go back to this church 18 months ago. And she wondered what she could do, but God said what he said to Peter, strengthen my brothers. And she shared about that and it was really great. She's in worship and prayer. Someone else is in a church where they have a ministry of recognising darkness and decreeing it to go and helping with technology. And then another one is now in a Zoom connections rather than a regular church at the moment but she's serving beautifully we all loved what she said by her time her loyalty her friendship sometimes face to face and giving to support missions and ministry related to it and then someone else was sharing about how they were in a big church and it was very difficult but God made them stay there for another three years when she recognized she needed some time to move but it, it came out God's timing because just before COVID, she, they left that church and they could leave not negatively. Mm -hmm. 
And then they're now in another church where she is having opportunities to serve well. So I was encouraged with that. Good. And then I have to mention Shanta because she's in a messianic community where she served, where she's fed. And then she's in an Indian community where she's able to feed them in the Jewish roots. And I thought that was fantastic. But what it did for me, it encouraged me that God is using me in the church to serve others where I am. And I recognized it more than I have before, even by everybody's discussion, Fred. And I have a friend who didn't go to church at all, but I'm able to take her along to one of our church plants. And we had dinner together last night. First time in this church, we, we were going to have dinner once a month. And yesterday was my birthday. So I told everybody, they're giving me a birthday dinner. It was a beautiful thing. We took along another lady who's um, not in a church at the moment. And she's she's been suicidal and all sorts of things. But she came along because she thought it was my birthday dinner. And they actually sang happy birthday to me. So, yeah, I'm happy where God has me at the moment. And sorry if I've gone on too long. And no, hope I covered great. enough of what we had. That's great, Marguerite. And you're really taking this leadership or spokesperson job seriously. If you have three pages of written notes and they're all handwritten, that's, <laughs> if I did that, I, I wouldn't be able to read my own handwriting because. No, you wouldn't be able to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a left-handed coffee drinking doctor. So I have three strikes against me in terms of handwriting, but I'm, I admire. Uh -huh. what okay. That was great. So thank you so much. Let us go on to group five spokesperson. That is me. Challenge myself. <laughs> we had someone who reached out to their pastor because the church hasn't recognized uh, from the pulpit to pray for Israel lately. And there was a, and she wrote to the, the pastors and one pastor rang up, but he just didn't. Yeah. Anyway, and that person thought maybe I should look for another church who supports Israel, but then decided, no, my role is to pray for the, it's a, it's a big church and the person is just a small member. And so she felt God wanted her to write that email. So she has been obedient. And so her, she feels her task is to, to serve the church is by praying that they do change their mind. They're not actively preaching replacement therapy, but it, but they're not standing for Israel publicly. So the point was to pray uh, for the uh, pastor that God will change their mind. And then uh, from then another person, her she actually has a ministry in her church, uh, prayer for Israel for I think for two years, she said, but she hasn't really been recognized. She had a, a, a twice a month, a prayer meeting. And she hasn't been recognized and also the thought came to her, shall I change churches? But then she decided, no, it's, I will take the focus of myself, but to, to, and so she increased twice a week to have prayer meeting, twice, every week to have a prayer meeting for, for Israel. So that is also her, as she serves the church, to have that prayer meeting and prayer. And then another person She's very busy with her family, so she doesn't really go regularly to a church, but she also feels that prayer is in the forefront of uh, when she can go to, to, to the church, but it's difficult for her. So also she, uh, the Zoom prayer meetings, that's how she supports. 
And then we had a man from the Pacific Islands. And also he he doesn't have a church ministry, but he doesn't go to, but he has a ministry and he has a meal train cooking food for people. And also he's a night watchman. So he said since 21, he tries to be on every global watch he can go and pray as support that way that he turns up and supports Global Watch and the prayer. Great. Yeah, so the, the points were really prayer. <laughs> That's most what came through in our group. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Angelica. That's great. All right, let us go to group six spokesperson. That's me. Um, so one lady loves to encourage people and does a lot of that and is hampered from getting more involved because she takes her disabled brother to the meetings and so she's occupied looking after him but she loves to be able to talk to people and encourage them. Um, one guy said that he was very involved in missions but he got really burned out and then COVID came and everything changed so he now he helps out in prayer and with the groups but he has this fear of being burnt out. So he's very careful about how much he gets involved. Another lady said her church was amazing. She has a wonderful prayer team, prayer groups who love Israel. She's involved in a messianic group and she's very much an evangelist at heart and she loves going out. And she actually saw the Lord in one of her, when she was on an outreach, physically saw him standing there and encouraging her in what she was saying. So she was very positive. Another lady from Singapore is involved in a very big church, but they have divided into cell groups and the pastoral responsibility has been delegated to the cell group leaders. And that is a big disappointment in the sense that she was hoping small groups would be where they could talk about their own challenges and get personal help. And that hasn't happened, but she is involved in a prayer group. I mine was what the only negative one really since covid they took a while for the prayer teams to get back on and they're very different to the prayer teams i got involved with it with global watch and camera declaration so it was a lot of shopping list prayers and, and it just got very difficult the, as more and more people joined it got difficult to hear because some people would play music and that was not discouraged so you're trying to hear what people are praying to be able to agree and it wasn't happening and at the same time I came got involved with a prayer partner which happened to be at the same time as the prayer meeting so I have not been involved in the prayer except for praying for the church the church is very involved with Alpha we've gone along to help with the Alpha groups and the meals personally we do if they're having a function for the ladies nights or different things we go along and help at the serving so i still get involved in that a lot of the community stuff we used to do like we did a lot of hampers for the disadvantaged we ran a, a cancer group i helped run a cancer group for 10 years but that came to a natural end and so a lot of the things we were able to do have been cut off um as we're getting older I, i'm not physically able to go and do the setup and things like we used to do so prayer has always been the, the go-to and I just have pulled right back. So that's on to me, really. I should still go and be an encouragement and pray, but I just find it very difficult. After you get into your in prayer, a prayer 
meeting with Hillary, for instance, and they're decreeing and storming heaven. And then you go to the, one of these little quiet, I, it's just a, a disconnect. And so I've pulled right back. <laughs> okay. May the Lord show you how to find a Hillary or be a Hillary, maybe. <laughs> in the church. That's great. I love it. All right, Hillary, you should be feeling pretty good about now. Okay. Let us go. That's great. Thank you, Kate. Let's go to group seven spokesperson. I think whether it's your misfortune or fortune, I don't know. <laughs> it was fallen to me and I didn't take notes, but I spoke a lot on there, but I will uh, briefly touch what I felt that pertinent things yeah. that there was some wisdom really that came out of it in that those of us that are older, we are in a lot of younger congregations and they do need our growth and they do, they need our wisdom. So sometimes we want to leave, but offense can come and cause us to leave. But should we stay? So should we pray it through and see what the Lord wants instead of acting out of offense? And in that place of offense is tremendous growth. We all agreed on that so that's a refining process and i had read on the watch not too long ago that um fire falls on sacrifice so it is a sacrifice to it's a sacrifice to when the lord asks you to do something in the body uh, that you know is not going to be taken well and that's what i touched on i've had that happen to me recently so it it caused a very hurtful situation where my husband and myself and our granddaughter lives with us. We had to leave the, the church because out of a long time of prayer and fleece and the Lord asked something of us. But in that place, he opened many doors um, that in that place of sacrifice, the pain of learning how to deal with the offense, there is great growth in that. And so you begin to get more open doors and, and the things like the watch, he's doing something and the unity is here among us. I noticed that a common thing with a lot of us is offense in the church, but we have the commonality of loving one another on the watch and the prophetic is there and the growth is there for those that are in that prophetic um, area of the body. So yeah. we have one another to bounce these things off of, which is terribly important. Yeah, mm -hmm. great, that's so good. Thank you, that's good, good well, feedback, Kim, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kim. All right, let's go on to group eight, group eight spokesperson. Okay, so we had pretty well a commonality of the um, serving others was based around prayer, uh, intercessory prayer. Some are leading uh, or overseeing prayer or prayer groups and uh, some worship. A few of us had felt that we were, we questioned whether we should be leading our churches and two of us stayed because we felt the Lord wanted us there. Uh, a third one has been testing waters and uh, trying other things. One question that was asked is, if elders working in the same groups of, are, are working in the same groups as you, do you put yourself out there when you have that same gift and that's what you feel you're supposed to be doing? In that case, would you speak up or would you leave or would you stay quiet? So that's something maybe you could look at answering. And another person made a, a good comment, which was withdraw from pushing yourself forward and wait at, 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 on the Lord. And then often you're asked to do things 
you're recognized by others and, and called to do things. Um, and then the other thing that was a commonality with us all was uh, bringing Israel to recognition in our churches, which, which uh, may not be happening. And I think it probably, I can't speak for the others, but I know for myself that being on these calls, it, it really has made a difference with my connection to Israel, even though I went there years ago and really enjoyed the trip. Um, it, it's different being connected and, and, and seeing people on the calls from Israel and having them talk. Um, hopefully I covered it all. That's great. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll just uh, put my one twos in for um, if you're in with an elder, if you can over talk him or push yourself forward. My personal preference is not to do that. I, I have over the years never pushed myself forward. I've been waited. I've waited to ask. And I, yes, it's a much slower process, but it's a trustworthy process. And trust is highly valuable these days. Yeah, good point. Good point, Sue. All right. Thank you, Rhoda. Last but not least, group nine, group nine spokesperson. Utah, Michael, Stacy, yeah. Danny. Uh, some of the common themes in the group were maybe not feeling part of the larger picture, but everyone has found a place in a smaller context yeah. and, and also finding a place of ministry. One is mentoring someone, uh, and the transition is going on as well. One individual was part of a I was part of Chuck Pierce's church that were very familiar with the things we're involved in as watchmen and now part of uh, a church that is not. So just learning to deal with different seasons. My experience is a little different. My wife and I have been part of a church body over 50 years. We're in it for better or worse. There have been some seasons like Daniel where you have great favor and others where you're, uh, who's that guy? And some of the, he was a favorite with Nebuchadnezzar, but Belshazzar didn't know who he was, but called on him when he was needed. So anyway, but God has opened the door teaching a 10-week series on unraveling the mystery of Israel. It's been a great experience, and I have a mailing list. I get to send out different points over these last eight weeks now of what's going on with Israel. God has got me involved in this and made it's, and it's the timing because Israel now is at the forefront. It wasn't something spoken about regularly, but it is now. Yeah. Wow. God's timing. That's great, Michael. May the Lord bless you in unraveling the mystery of Israel. Mm -hmm. And that's a great, a great title for your talks. I, I will be taping it. Uh, Kim Ulmer had a word for me about this series will uh, have a little broader uh, exposure. So uh, sometime next year, I, I'm going to record these, make them available. Good. Great. Good. Awesome. Okay. I can't believe it. We got through and it's only four minutes after the hour. So only four minutes. <laughs> Good work. Fred. That's a record. Yeah. Susan, uh, do you have any last minute comments or announcements to make? Yeah, tomorrow or today is the National Day of Prayer for Israel. I put up a song that they put out to either worship through, do it yourself or to listen to it. 
And there's also a PDF file of segments of Psalms that they have recommended to pray for Israel. That's out on the Signal Group in the Global Watch community. And we do have the daily brief this week, and we've got some pretty interesting people coming up to talk to us. Yep, that's great. Actually, everybody who's been talking. Yeah, about they've all been great. And uh, yeah, so thank you for rounding up the right people, my dear. You're doing a, a fabulous job at putting all this together. All right, that's good. Let us have a closing prayer. Let's ask Lynette from Israel to close us off in prayer. Lynette, go ahead and um, unmute yourself. Oh, Lord, thank you for a time of learning and listening to each other and listening to you and being called to get our focus off ourselves mm -hmm. and on you and on the other precious people you have around us. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be a blessing. And we just ask you to continue to use us for your glory among the, the people that are around us and know that it's not positions it's the place of, of really um, reaching out touching others we ask also that as we close this session we hear our opening this day of prayer in israel and thank you and lord we thank you for the many who are joining us and standing like moses on the mountain lifting up our hands to again as a nation get our eyes on you recognize the horrors that have occurred and yet the greatness of our god so lord we bless each other today with the understanding that may your face shine upon us and shine through us for the glory of your name amen and all god's people said amen yeah. everybody amuse yourselves wave to each amen. other amen. 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 Amen.